For a lot of people, we've been taught to look back upon our activities, our history to define who we are. We should be, we can have a lot more power and influence to dream about, think about who we'd like to be in the future. And that shift of perspective alone is enormous, is enormous. The past, you cannot change. The future, we can have influence over. Hey, y'all, Coach Jason here. And this is a quick little bonus podcast. We wanted to follow up with our last one uh, when the mental storm hits. And uh, Clay and Kendra asked me to just provide some more tangibility and let's call it a strategy to help people through these storms and more importantly, before they hit. So what could we do from a tactical standpoint as people to better handle these things? So today's podcast, today's discussion is just me. It's about providing that, I call it a three-part recipe for how to get mentally stronger, to have more mental fortitude, to be able to handle anxiety and stress in that mental storm before it hits. So there's things that we can do and train and and prepare for uh, before these things hit. So again, remind you that my perspective, where I'm coming from is I'm a fitness coach. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a CrossFit coach. That's my world. That's my perspective. I'm coming from. I am not a professional counselor. That's not my background. So take what I have with a grain of salt. I believe it's good. It's not going to hurt you, but there's a lot of good to it. And through my studies over the years and the people that I follow to try to help people live better, I've discovered a lot of these concepts and just kind of collect them and put them together. And where I, I like to live is that where the rubber hits the road, like the tangibility of action, what could I do versus just simply big concepts, which I love big concepts, but I also want to kind of bring some tactile, some stickiness to what we're talking about. So, all right. So what do we do? How can you as an individual prepare yourself better or get more mentally strong, have more mental fortitude, call it grit, call it what you want? What could we do or what do I even give my client? How do I coach my clients to help them become stronger, mentally strong individuals? Well, let's call it a three-part recipe for today's discussion, okay? Uh, There's three parts. We'll go through them, and hopefully you can take this and apply it and start preparing yourself. So three steps. It's going to be dream. It's going to be stop weaponizing negativity. And the third step is train the heart, okay? So dream. The first part that I want you to start with is to put some intentionality to a specific thing that you want to do. So a lot of our personality we were taught comes from who we've been. Okay. What we want our personality to actually be is who we're trying to become. For a lot of people, we've been taught to look back upon our activities, our history to define who we are. And that's, let's call it not as strong position. We actually, we should be, we can have a lot more power and influence to dream about, think about who we'd like to be in the future. And that shift of perspective alone is enormous, is enormous. The past, you cannot change. The future, we can have influence over. So automatically, you go from a fixed, concrete perspective, I can't change this, to you can have some influence over it. That's a growth mindset shift. That's huge. 
Carol Swick, I think her last name is. She has that growth mindset. It's a phenomenal book. And concept is for how do we shift these things and, and rec- recognize that a lot of times we've been trained through grade school, through schooling to support fixed outcomes, grades, winning and losing in sports versus growth. So highly specific for my kids, my daughters, they play sports, they play basketball, soccer. I asked them on purpose, tell me how you did. What was your effort in the game? And secondly, then I, we maybe get to the score or how many points they scored, but I care more about, and I want to put emphasis on their effort versus the score of the game. Winning is not the goal. It is, but for me, for them, it's not. My goal for sports for them is to shape their character. So if it's shaping their character, how did you do? What was your effort? How did you handle challenges when things went right? What did you do with that? Things went wrong. Okay, what'd you, how did you respond to that? So recognize that this growth fixed mindset is part of it. So this dream aspect, what it does for us is, again, it puts some focus and intentionality to some future things. Dreaming is not the destination. Mel Robbins speaks of this. She says it's a, and I like this, she goes, it should be the spark to ignite you to want to do something, to do activity, to go, to create, okay? The dreaming is powerful. Dreaming is powerful. And I get it when I say this, you may have the initial reaction, Jason, but you don't understand. And if you have that reaction of a resistance to the concept of dreaming, of hoping, of you know thinking about future things, I want you to understand that you are currently in a negative mindset state. I've been there. So this is speaking from firsthand knowledge. You don't care. You don't want. You don't, I don't, I don't have time for that. I'm so busy. Like pause, recognize that you're in the cooker, man. You're, you're, you need to, we need to get you out of that, the, the boiling water and away from that. So if you have that reaction, recognize that's a sign that you are you are stuck in a very negative mindset and we need, we need to get out of that. And I'll get to that in step two. So dreaming is very powerful. It should spark your willingness to want, to do, to create. Like that's awesome and that's huge and it's important. Benjamin Hardy talks about, he puts his concept of building your castle. And I love this perspective. I tell my clients, go build your castle. What does that mean? You're creating something that you want to have happen. You're dreaming with it, Okay. But why castle? Because a sandcastle is not going to last forever. Okay, it's a moldable, changeable, ever-growing kind of concept of create something and it, I'm going to change it, wash it away, do this instead. The non-concrete aspect of it, best way I can say it, helps to understand that it's a constantly flowing new thing that I can create and build. So build your your castle really helps. And he also speaks on the fact that, and this is proven through many many studies, that whatever we focus on expands or grows, okay? Whatever whatever concept, whatever thought, whatever emotion, whatever uh, event we focus in on, anything we focus in on expands. We get more depth to it. We have more detail to it. And also, whatever we focus in on, we will become. So for me, this is an awesome step in, again, if you just did this alone, you would see a significant shift in your attitude, in your approach to the day, your excitement for life, is to start dreaming for something that you want to become. Who do you want to be? If you had a blank sheet, a blank whiteboard, you know, you met the genie in the bottle, what is it that you want to become? Who is that person? Start dreaming on that as you lay in bed, as you wake up during the day. Like, actually, do your work, do your stuff. Don't do it when you're stop at the stop sign, but drive, drive. But spend some time dreaming about what you want to become, and it's going to, it will influence you in a very, very, very powerful way. Okay. So that's step one is to start dreaming. I could talk a whole hour on that stuff. I don't want to do that, but there's a power to that. 
Um, I'll say this. I'll also kind of shift this in. Uh, again, Victor Frankel, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, I think is his book, if I believe off the top of my head. So if we look at um, human history, the Holocaust concentration camps, it's probably the worst situation setting you can imagine for a person to go through. Okay, Whatever we go through, you and I in life, whatever bad event, even if it's like a physical you know, abuse, the concentration camps have more. Like more bad has happened to them than what could ever possibly happen to us, hopefully, God willing. Um, we don't have to face that, but that situation, what he, the wisdom that many, many, 50 million copies of his book have been sold, people pull from his wisdom in the sense that how did he survive the concentration camps? It wasn't about being positive. It wasn't about that because positive mindset people didn't last. And, and well, here's the difference. Optimism is not the set recipe because it says three months from now, we're going to get out of here. Don't worry. Six months from now, we're going to be out of here. A year, We're going to be out of here. Next summer, next spring, we're going to be out of here. So when we're optimists and we're positive mindset only, we create these arbitrary endings or outcomes that we have zero control over. And when that time, that arbitrary ending date comes and goes, we take a big hit. Oh, it didn't happen. And your hope gets sucked out of you. Okay. Also, he found that people who were the negative mindset people, they died the first. Just, there's no hope. This sucks. And they give up. And they literally uh, deemed give up itis is a, is a condition coming from not only the concentration camps in Germany, but also um, believe in, in Japan's concentration camps as well. They saw this give up itis thing, where it's literally, it sounds funny, but it's a little condition where people just give up. Okay. But because they have no hope. Okay. They have no hope. So we want to make hope a habit. Well, how do you do that? Well, you focus on the things that you can control and you let go of the things that you can't. Recognize that negativity will affect you negatively 100% of the time. I'll say that again. Negativity, a negative mindset will affect you negatively 100% of the time. It's not about necessarily thinking positive. It's about being able, having the ability to shift to neutral. It is what it is. It's in the moment. This is bad. However, and if you have, if you're a person that has practiced hope, i.e., practice dreaming, training your dream part of your brain, it can then spark into getting a specific thing that you want to accomplish. So, for Victor Frankl, what his thing was, I want to get out, write my book. So he's an author. All his books got burned up by the Nazis, and his focus was to get out to finish his his book. He wants to finish his book, and that simple thing provides direction and clarity and hope to your mind. It may not seem like hope from the outside, but it was. I want to get out and do this. He didn't say, I hope this happens. He says, I want to get out and do this. So he focused the, the negativity around him, all the horribleness that was around him into, all right, I can get through this. And what we, what I really hope for you is to, and we're going to maybe get into this a little bit later quickly, is the concept of never give up. Okay. And that's going to be into step two. So ending step one of the dream component was this Victor Frankl's idea of being a neutral mindset person, okay? And having specific outcome that you want to achieve. And that can get you through the worst storm that you ever face and go through. You have to have a plan, an outcome, a goal in life that you want to accomplish. And I like the term dream because dream puts a lot more emotional spark to it, okay? So Step one is dream. Step two then is what we call stop weaponizing negativity. What does I mean by that? Negativity is a poison. It will always affect you negatively 100% of the time, okay? 100%. 
positivity, you could be that. Yeah, that's the next, it's, it's a higher level of mindset, but it's not the greatest one that gives us the most um, help. So when it comes to negativity, how do you know if you're negative? You're complaining, you're whining, you're blaming. You're pointing at everything except for you. It's always someone else's fault. This is happening to me. 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 Um, of course, it's, it's raining today. It always happens. always rains today. Of course, it's cold outside. It's always cold where I live. Like Negative people are very toxic in their language, and they complain, they whine, and they blame. Okay, So we literally, I give all our members in my gym, um, I give my daughters and all my clients this wristband that says never give up or say never complain, never whine, never give up. Okay. Step three is about the never giving up piece. But when it comes to actually, we have to cut off the poison that's killing us and recognize that negativity is the poison that is killing you. It is the poison that is destroying who you are, who you're trying to become. You and I can't control things that happen to us in life. They are what they are. Okay, it is what it is, um, and it's it's about recognizing that man. This this sucks. This is hard. This this is not fun. And then say, however, I'm not giving up. Okay, so how do you do that? We want to cut off the negativity. All right. So number one, you you are the main source of the negativity in your life. Okay. By why? Because your language. You are a tenfold. Um, influencer on your own self. You are your best and worst marketer to you. No one can outmarket to you other than you. You are you are it. So we start with what are you saying? What are you, what's your language? And that's where that whole never complain, never whine, never blame thing comes from. Because if you don't say those words and then concrete yourself into a fixed mindset where you have no control, and you just throw your hands up in the air. Well, it's their fault. They did this. They did that. Okay, great. Yeah. Even in the worst case scenarios, if someone is, let's say, physically abusing you, yeah, we want to get out. We want to change the situation. But there's a way to, to take those environments, those happenings, and cut off the negative impact upon yourself and to get out of a victim mindset thinking. And you can find the good in it, that in the fact that, A, you didn't give up, that you got out. If Even if you change the relationship, even if you're still in it, there is hope and there is good in the fact that you're you're find a reason to not give up. So there, again, I'm trying to breeze over some things and apologize, but this concept that we can choose how we respond to things, our responsibility is always going to be in our hands. Never, We never give that away. We always have that. You always have the ability to control your situation or control your response to the situation, I should say. Okay? So never complain, never whine, never give up. All right? There's a bad list. So uh, Trevor Moad, I speak of him often. I love his stuff. It takes what it takes. His book is phenomenal. If you don't have it, get it. He speaks on this. He's the he's the guru. He's probably like, he says in a book, I'm the best of the best at this because I was raised in this. My father did this. I was raised as a child my whole entire life. And he wrote this book, I think in his 40s, works with all these major sports teams and all these high performers in, in athletics. And, and he does this mindset training stuff. He goes, listen, I'm the best of the best. And this bad list I'm going to go through, he did it. He exposed himself to it. And he lasted only 26 days. So if the best of the best of us can only last 26 days being exposed to this bad list, that tells you how powerful it is for us. So bad environments will outpower any kind of hope you have, any kind of slogan you carry, a t-shirt you're wearing about being hopeful and, and grit and all that stuff. You can't outshine a bad environment. You can't outwork it. It's impossible. Okay. So the bad environment, the bad list is this. The number one top, the things that weaponize negatively the most or the greatest, national cable news. 
They are predicated on it. They are built around it, around fear and anger will draw eyes back to it than hope and encouragement. They study this stuff. That's why they do what they do, all right? So you cut off watching, consuming national cable news. It is the number one worst negativity source that weaponizes negativity. Number two, then, radio shows, podcast shows designed around anger or designed to anger. If you get emotionally fired up, hey, you shouldn't be watching it because it's feeding your negative mindset. It's feeding your anxiety. It's feeding your fear. A third on the list would be sad music, um, whether it be country, rhythm and blues, the blues themselves, even hard rock is rarely angry. It's centered on anger and, and frustration and cut off the weaponizing of that stuff. And you may go, well, I just like the beats. I like the-. That's the point of it. That's how it weaponizes negativity because the tune is catchy and then you repeat the words in your head. I guarantee you any song that you hear that you like the rhythm of, you're going to be singing the words. And if you're singing the words, there's a power to the spoken language, even more so with music. Singing and song lasts longer than words themselves. This is why we learn the ABCs in a song as kids because you remember the tune of the words more so than you will remember just words by themselves. So recognize the power of music, how it influences us as people, and then the power of spoken words. So again, Trevor Moat says this, 10 times magnifier of spoken words over yourself versus just thinking it. What do songs do? Multiplies that by a hundredfold because you're singing the song out and you're repeating this negative mindset, you know, cheated on, wife left you, boyfriend cheated, left like dog left, car died, this happened bad to me, this happened bad, I'm just drinking my life away, life sucked, like cut that out. It's, it's, it has weaponized negativity, avoid the catchiness of the tunes. And then the, the fourth one would be cut off toxic people. Whether they're close friends, family, or coworkers, you can limit your exposure to toxic people. Now, some environments you, you don't have as much control over, I understand that. But we want to cut out toxic people, okay? Get rid of them. You know who they are. The bad list is national cable news, radio podcast designed to anger, sad music, toxic people. That's the, that's the bad list of the things that we need to avoid at all costs that we can't overcome. It's like the tide in the ocean. You're never going to be stronger than that. It'll pull you out. It'll suck you down. Get rid of them, okay? What do you do? You fill it with good stuff, right? There's a lot of good that you can find on Instagram. I'll show you my feed. I, I searched for them. I look for them and I, fi- and I find them. I like them. I follow them. It's about feeding the dream, feeding the hope in your mind. It may seem silly at first, but it's legit. There's the negative version of you and then there's the hopeful version of you. Which one are you feeding by what you're taking in with media, news, television, music, whatever it may be, which of the two people of you are you feeding? It is your responsibility. If you're in a bad state in life, it's on you to change it. These three steps is how you do it. And if you want to change, go do the work. And it's going to be worth the effort that you put forth. You may not do it great at first. That's fine. But start with the dreaming thing. What do you want to become? Then from there, start cutting off the negative weaponizing inputs that in your life. And the third step then is, I'm going to say, is train the heart. So the third step in this recipe is train the heart. What do I mean by that? Do the hard thing. Um, there's a lot of good for us as people doing difficult things, okay? We oftentimes try to be more efficient with life, and that robs us of the growth that happens by doing difficult things. 
the meaningfulness of accomplishing a difficult task will last for you forever or for a long time. Okay. Recently, I climbed Camelback Mountain in Arizona. It was a hard climb. It was difficult. But the self-accomplishment at the top felt amazing. I knew I could do it. I just take my time. The heat was concerning. My wife and I did it together, and it was awesome, right? And, well, by the way, when I was up there, we got passed by people doing it their second, third, fifth time in a row. So what we seem may be difficult for us will soon become easy the more you expose yourself to doing the hard thing. So here I am climbing this mountain, going through 60, 80 ounces of water. Now, I'm fit. I work out. I've been working out for 20 years so I can handle it. And it was difficult. It wasn't impossible. But here's people that are flying past me who are older than me, just gunning it like goats on a mountain, man. And it spoke to me in the sense of the more you expose yourself to the hard thing, the easier it becomes. So how do you train the heart? We talk about this with our clients and our members about doing one-minute activities. All right. So this comes from, I believe, the Atomic Habits book. So the hard thing may be doing your dishes. You don't want to do it. You're tired. It's been a long day. Do it for one minute. You're like, what? What's the point of that? The point is that you're training your mind to tell yourself you can do hard things and you won't give up. The actual activity of doing the dishes is secondary. It's not the point. The point is to expose yourself doing difficult things for one minute. Maybe it may be vacuuming. It may be cleaning up your living room for one minute. You don't want to do it. The couch looks so comfortable. I just want to Netflix and relax. But do the, the thing you don't want to do, the hard thing, do it for one minute. Because one minute, you can do it for one minute. That's the, that's the point. It seems so silly and simple. I can do it for a minute. Exactly the point. Expose yourself to that training over and consistently over again, and you'll shift your mindset on what you think you can do, like climbing the mountain. It becomes so much easier for you. You can do it five times in a row versus one. Now, again, this climb is a like, double black diamond climb. It's legit. Like It is a climb and a half. People die on Camelback Mountain. People get airlifted off that mountain almost every single day. People who live out there tell me, oh, yeah, every day there's, there are people getting airlifted off that climb, off that mountain, because they're not prepared for it. So recognize, again, this is a difficult climb, but my point, my relativeness, the connection to it is to do the thing, do that difficult thing for one minute. Okay, This is where people you see doing um, those ice plunges, those ice baths once, once in the morning. Now, besides the, the tons of health benefits towards it, it's the mental training of doing difficult thing for one minute and get out. You can do the same thing in the shower. Uh, one minute cold. Cold water, back to hot, or get out. And that's not for everybody. I tell you right now, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to jump in an ice bath. I don't want to. Like I can, I'm choosing not to. Right? Okay, fine. That's me. But the other thing that I'm exposing myself to to help train my mind to prove to myself I can do difficult things and not give up. That's the point of it. That's the point of I think what you should be going to the gym for. Your physical change in the gym is only a fraction of compared to healthy thing of your mental change. The mental improvement you can gain from going to the gym can so out far outweigh the, the physical thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. That's what drew me into CrossFit. So we do we push hard. How do you do this? You find an activity, a physical activity that's going to push you to your limits where you don't know if you can finish. Do it in an environment that is supportive of a literally cheering you on and also they're doing difficult things and they're not giving up. So the more you can put yourself in an environment of like-minded people who are doing similar things or just doing hard things along with you, but they're not giving up. That's the point of it. That's how you train the hard. You expose yourself 
inch by inch to these difficult things to prove to yourself that you can do difficult things and not give up. Well, why does that matter? Because when the storm arises, when friction happens, when a challenge happens in life, you'll become less emotional, less reactive to it, okay? And you become more responsible, responsible to the moment because your emotional side of you is down. When emotion is down, intelligence goes up. In the moment, you can better decide what response you want to have to that, oh, argument, to that comment on social media, to the phone call, to that text that kind of rubbed you the wrong way, to your boss saying this about you. Like, we can face these difficult things better in life because you've been training for it slowly, consistently over time in small doses. And then you can choose how much you want to do that. So for instance, doing something fitness-wise seems really impossible. Go walk for a minute. Walk around your house. Walk up and down your steps for a minute. It may seem crazy hard. I don't want to like, the point is to make it so mentally achievable that you'll do it. And if you do it, that's where the change happens. So I hope this helps. So again, this is a tactile application of our bouncing off our last podcast about the mental storm. Dream, stop weaponizing negativity, train the hard. In these three steps, I guarantee you betterness. Is it the recipe for everybody out there? No, because this is a broadband perspective and conversation. We can tweak and dial it depending upon each individual. That's the point of having a good coach, all right? But this recipe will work for you if you apply it and go after it. There's things that you can do to prepare your mind to live better, living better with handling life's challenges without it being taxing or draining on you. You can handle things better. And I'll leave you with this. When's the last time you dreamed? When's the last time you sat back and dreamed like of a better future, a better version of life? And that's what I'm talking on. There is scientific research and study the back that we should be doing this because it's so good for us. Become who you want to be in the future. And that's why I'll leave it at. Thanks, guys.